Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're always so happy to be with you. And we're not quite as happy today because we're separate. I mean, we're separated by mountains, lakes, rivers. And streams. Um, and streams. I, I'm at Bear Lake and Linda's in Park City. And I, should we just talk to each other for a while, let people listen in? I sure miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you too, but I think we better just speak to the audience, honey. Better just jump, <laughs> jump in. Well, what we're going to do today is, um, as many of you longtime listeners know, we, we're pretty flexible on what we discuss on ours on the road. We usually have a plan, but we often change it. And I was, I was planning on doing a th another three-letter lesson today. We've got four or five more we're really excited about, and you listeners know what those three-letter lessons are, and they're turning into a book that we think will be really great. But I had an experience the other day and it sent my mind in a whole different direction. And I mentioned it to you last night, honey. And it, I just spent a lot of time thinking about it. Here's what happened. I was driving through Evanston, Wyoming, and I needed to pick up some gas stabilizer. I'm a, the reason I'm at Bear Lake is winterizing our place here. And I needed some gas stabilizer and I needed some aluminum acid wash to take care of our boat and I needed uh what else oh I needed antifreeze and and I was about to go into Walmart which I hate well I shouldn't say that on the air but it's hard to hard for me to find things in Walmart and as I was driving toward it I went past a little auto zone store that maybe they'll have it I'll just pull in there I met the nicest guy who just oh yeah we got this and he didn't he didn't point out where it was. He went over and got it for me. And he got all three of the things I needed. And I was just paying him. And he said, you know, I know who you are. And I'm like, you do? He said, yeah, I, I used to watch you all the time when you and your wife were hosting that show on BYU television. It was called Families Are Forever. And I, I didn't, I just listened to this guy like, wow, it's a great memory because that's been a lot of years. Oh my goodness. That's a long time ago. Well, well yeah, I mean, he, even went on, he went on, he said, I remember a lot of what you said. I remember your beautiful wife. Where is she, by the way? And I said, well, I've still got her, if that answers your question. <laughs> and, but he was just so nice. And he said, that just saved us. It really helped our our family, you know, the things that you said. And, and I mean, that was sort of a, a big example because it came out of the blue, but we are fortunate, don't you think, honey, that a lot of times, and it, by the way, it happens much more often when we're together. Usually when I'm by myself, people don't pay any attention to me, you know, cause it's you, that it's you they're looking oh, for. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> But it is it is a blessing that there are people out there who, you know, appreciate the fact that we have tried for 30 or 40 years to give the best advice we could about parenting. And what I think they often don't realize, honey, is that we were just trying to survive. We were just trying to raise our own kids. And if we discovered something that worked, we felt like we ought to share it. Oh, absolutely. I mean... That was just before uh, we, well, we had a, 
house full of kids, but it was probably just before I wrote, I didn't plan to be a witch because <laughs> I think probably um, we would have uh, capitalized on that because everybody turns into a witch at certain points, uh, at least moms uh, when they're dealing with a lot of little kids. And uh, I love it when people remember that because it's just, it's so important to let people know that you're not perfect. You've got a lot of problems and a lot of things going that people don't know about. And of course you try to just say always the best parts, but it really is important to remember that, man, we're sure not perfect. Well, and you've always been the best at that, honey, because I, 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 you know, I'll get going on something I'm really excited about or some idea we tried with our kids or our grandkids. And it really, I thought it worked and I want to share it and so on. And, and then, and then you'll come along and say, well, let's get real. Um, that only worked once and it didn't work last time. And by the way, we tried five other things that didn't work before we tried that. <laughs> and you've got a gift for being real about it. And I think the reason, would you say you get more comments on, I didn't plan to be a witch than any other book you've ever written? Oh, by far, by far. It just makes people feel normal. And, uh, you know, I just, I told some of the funniest stories and I'm glad I did because now I can't remember them. You know, I should read my own book again and remember the crazy things that have happened in raising children at our house. But um, it is soothing to know that, you know, every, nobody's perfect and that there are ways to work through things and you learn things from your mistakes and go on from there. Well, and I think, I mean, it is ironic. There's such a lesson in that for all of us, not only in our parenting, but in our friendships with other people, that that, that is the one book that you've written which has absolutely not one single bit of advice. It's not prescriptive. It doesn't say you ought to try this or here's an idea or solve, here's how to solve oh. this. All it does is tell the chaos and the daily I don't want to say grind, that's too severe, but the daily sort of trials and ups and downs and doubts and guilt and all the rest that come with parenting. And and people were just soothed by that because by then you were, you know, whether you wanted it or not, you were recognized as sort of a writer and a speaker and a parenting expert and so on. And, and when people saw the real you... <laughs> the real witch in you, they were pretty excited. I think your well, your popularity went up the minute you put on the witch hat. Yeah, no, I I do have to say that I did write down the things that I learned. I don't know if you've actually read it, but- Of uh, course I've read I it. Did, I did write the things that I had learned, but I did get a really nasty letter from the Salem Witch Society. I have to say, oh. I forgot about that. <laughs> they did not like me using that name at all. Um, but they didn't sue me or anything, and it's in the past. I think it's actually on Ayers Free Books, isn't it? Oh, it is totally. It's Ayers Free Books. You can you can read about Linda and her witchhood. But by the way, why didn't the Salem Witch Society recruit you instead of being worried about it? I mean, <laughs> I don't you'd know. Been a great member. They just thought they were a lot of authentic witches, and that did not really sound good to them. But anyway, um, well, it was a fun adventure. What I started thinking about, so, you know, I'm in it, back to the story. I'm in Evanston and it's another hour and a half to Bear Lake. And 
I spent that whole hour and a half just thinking, because you do forget things, you know. I, I just thought, wow, we ought to write down somewhere our media stories, for want of a better word, just media stories, right? And it would probably be in two. And I think it's neat to share it with with ours on the road because so many of us, so many of you know yeah. us, and you may be a little curious about some of these things that followed up our books. And and what, what what's interesting, I, I think it'd be in two parts if we were ever to write it down. One would be media where we've been guests, which would be the biggest section. And then the other one would be media where we've been the hosts, which would be much smaller. But that's what I got thinking about first yesterday, because this guy mentioned ours or mentioned, um, you know, families or forever. I think we did two, maybe your memory is better than mine. I think we did two seasons of that, two years. And we were, we would interview people. We, we'd have guests and we, the whole point of it obviously was parenting and trying to pass on good advice from, from various psychologists and other experts. And we, I liked that because we were the learners in that. I mean, yes. we, it wasn't on us to give the advice. It was on us to interview other people and, and listen to their advice. Yes. And Maureen Proctor was our writer and we knew her sort of then, but little did we know how that friendship would blossom through the years. She was amazing. She's written a lot uh, for the spoken word for the Tabernacle Choir. She's just a magnificent writer. And we learned from her as well. It was really a, a fun experience, except for the boom shots. Um, <laughs> oh, the boom shadows. <laughs> the boom shadows. Um, the, you know, the when the the church does something, they want to do it right. And whenever there was a boom shadow on us, we just have some said something really pretty good. And they'd say, Oh, boom shadow on that. Do that again. And then <laughs> if you don't know what that means, <laughs> one of our daughters-in-law was laughing at us the other day when we were telling her, we come down by the boom, the boom camera. <laughs> and she got a laughing fit. She couldn't stop. But a boom shadow when you're filming on TV means the the boom, the long pole that is holding the microphone above your head to pick up what you're saying has been in is got in the lighting and cast a shadow on your face. And to perfectionist TV producers, that is just, you know, they would not want anything to go out that they were the camera person on where there was a boom shadow. Right. right. <laughs> Heaven uh -oh. forbid. They were good. I mean, those are the days when they had makeup people and everything. I still remember things I learned from my makeup person. And we had a lot of fun with that. It was really a good time. And then the next one we did, I mean, we're just going to go down memory lane with you a while and try to tie it into some parenting and family thoughts that we have. We we ended up working with a group called the People's Network. And this is years and years ago before 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 streaming and before a lot of things and this was a group out of they operated out of texas and they were they were trying to set up a you'd get your own if you subscribe to this people's network you'd get your own little satellite dish which would pick up just their channel and the channel was devoted to self-improvement i mean it was self-help it had everybody on there from from uh uh robbins what's his name i mean it had it had covey it had 
all the people who were writing help self-help book basically and they would all do a show and then people who had the satellite dish could tune in every day and listen to these authors who were explaining and sort of going beyond their books anthony robbins i was trying to think of and people like that and we we're not always in agreement with some of the self-help that's out there but we were honored to be asked and we we did two shows every week we had two shows on one was called life balance where we were talking about balancing work and family. And the other one was called, do you remember something about, children. I think it was called Teaching Your Children Values, named after our book. Something like that. Well, we hadn't written the book at that point, but um, it was really. Yeah, I think we had. I think we had written the book. The, book, the book's why they came to us. But Well, but... it was really funny because they'd set us at a table. We actually ended up flying to Dallas every other week and doing two weeks worth of shows while we were there. And honestly, we sat at this little table and they had this little pitcher of orange juice and or juice. And it was a different color every week, which was hilarious. <laughs> it was and supposed to look like we were having breakfast together and just chatting about families and life balance. <laughs> but there was never any food or anything. And you know what? I We threw a lot of those away. They're old VHS. They send us the VHSs. And I'd kind of like to see it again. We could laugh our heads off at how funny. Oh, boy. We should bring those to a family reunion sometime. <laughs> we should. Which, by the way, reminds me of something we do bring to our family reunion that some of you will get a kick. We're just kicking back and sharing some thoughts we think are funny with you today, listeners. But we we got a call one day from we've we've known the Osmond family for years. In fact, Linda is a cousin of the Osmonds. How about that? For you know, I am so privileged. Actually, we love that family. They are amazing. But I am we are related to great grandmothers. So we, and we'd known them, and while they were while we were living in England, they were at the peak of their popularity. And believe me, they were more popular in England than they were here. I mean, it was madness. It was chaos. It was, they yeah. They, you know, they couldn't escape the crowds. But, and and that's when we were serving as mission presidents. And when they'd perform there, they would have us um, come over and and give a prayer, have a prayer with them before they went on stage. I mean, they are the real deal. There, if anyone's ever told you that they're just putting on some kind of an act, they are who they seem. They are so spiritual and so inclined to, to be humble about their talent Amazing. yeah but anyway um this after we re had returned home and they had their own studio in utah they wanted to do a new show a new variety show that they were going to take to uh the networks and try to get on the show and they what did they call it oh joy it was the, the joy the show was called joy right yeah and it's when I was the I was at the time just finishing as the director of the White House Conference on Children and Parents, and they said, "Well, we want to you come on, Rick, and and we'll talk about families at the start of the pilot." They were doing a pilot show that they would then take to the networks, and Donnie and Marie were the main ones, but all the brothers were there, and uh, it it was so funny because I went down to the studio not knowing what to expect, and I had my business suit on they said oh oh you got to look better than that and they sent someone out that they came back with a powder blue suit 
Right. Which, Which I wore for that pilot. And we've still got it here at Bear we Lake. We have it in our closet up at Bear Lake and the kids love to wear it. The kids now fit into it and they, uh, the boys, and they love to wear it to church and dingle. I think it's a clown suit. <laughs> but I think we, our time's up for, we have to take a little break here, but we're going to leave you hanging for a minute because the end of this story is hilarious. We'll so tell you the on. end of the story and, and one other show we hosted. And then if we have time, we'll get into some of our favorite guests when we were guests. So hang on for a minute. We'll be right back on Ayers on the Road. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back in the middle of an exciting story about the Osmonds, whom we love uh, dearly. They are just really great people. In fact, before you, well, you better tell the end of that story first. Well, the end of the story is that they they tried, <laughs> it was too schmaltzy and the, the networks didn't go for it, but we've still got that pilot in our, in our library. And I'm kind of glad it didn't make it because it would have riled up the uh, the feminists of the world, probably including you, honey, because I remember that while I was on stage, Marie was singing a song about a woman's place is one of honor standing by her husband's side. <laughs> yeah, there were some things in those days that were have adjusted a bit. I mean, we, I do stand by your side, but... Well, of course you do, but, but you know... If, you're, if I'm standing by your side, I'm still... But I, I would... But it's more accurate to say I stand by your side. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But we do ha have a fun memory of them, the family coming to England when we were serving a mission there. We were um, mission leaders in London. And I mentioned that. I already said that. And we'd give prayers for them before their performances. Oh, yeah. But what I remember is just being in awe of the audience that we had. I mean, it was at the Royal... Uh, Royal Festival Hall. Royal Festival Hall. Of, yeah. And it was packed. There were so many people who loved the Osmonds, especially in England. And so that was a really fun thing, too. Well, and we did a third one that we hosted, and it was filmed at Universal Studios in Florida every week. And it, it, uh, it came, I'm pretty sure it came right before 9-11, honey, and 9-11 stopped it. And by the way, that leads, that doesn't that lead you to a lot of thoughts? We, 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 had, we thought the best gig we ever had, and we thought it was going to last forever, is we were going to New York um, once a month to do a feature on the Today Show and um, a parenting feature. And the Today Show's filmed right across the street from the Plaza Hotel. So we'd fly in, stay at the Plaza, walk across the street, do this segment back in the day when, um, who was the female? Jane Clayson. Bryant Gumbel and Jane Clayson. Jane Clayson, who's a dear friend. And we thought that would be a wonderful outlet for some of our hopes and dreams about families and parenting. But then 9-11 came and it just ended. They, they, nobody wanted to hear about parenting. Everyone wanted to hear on the Today Show the latest on what was going on internationally. So that came to a screeching halt. But, And I think the one at Universal Studios was about that period anyway. But, but those are, you know, 
we wish we could have done more hosting on this thing. Cause like I was saying earlier, that's when you're getting the advice, you're playing the role of the listener asking the questions you think that the parents out there would ask. And yeah. usually the tables are turned and we're, we're the guests and we're trying to parcel out advice, even though we know in our hearts that we are just as problem laden as any other set of parents. Right. And you know, my memory is, and I wish I'd recorded this more because I have some of uh, some of the stuff from the tours we went on, but every year, every other year, at least we did a book tour and we would, people would just uh, send us a thing and you're going to this radio show, this TV show, this talk show, this, 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 and during the day. And we had a driver who took us around and we went in and did it. And there was a local uh, TV show in almost every city that we went to. And then um, that is kind of a thing of the past now. I mean, we do have some good local things in Utah, but um, mostly the national scene took over after that. And, but it was really fun. And you'll have to say, what were you doing with the kids all this time? This is the deal. When, uh, when we got to go on a book tour, we just go for like 10 days at home at a time. And we come home for two weeks and we go 10 days at a time, but we would get a couple and the kids were fine. If we left, if they had a baby, I don't know what that was, but they loved having a babysitters with a baby. Cause they just loved playing with that baby. And uh, if I left them sugar-coated cereal and uh, that baby, they were happy and they had a good time. And, you know, it, it was crazy. One time we called home, I remember, and the babysitter said, well, one of the girls just hit one of the other girls over the head with a frying pan. And, and Charity, the baby, is in the bathroom. She's two and a half and she has locked the door and she has lipstick all over her hands. And so she can't get it open. What should I do? Anyway, those were. You mean the, li the the lipstick was too slippery and she couldn't open the door? Right, right. <laughs> she couldn't open the door. So uh, there were occasions like that, but usually these couples were fabulous. We remember them with such fondness because they took over for us for um, a week at a time, and it was wonderful of them to. Yeah, do I'm, that. I remember more like a week. I don't know if we ever went for ten days. That would have been a little. Yeah, long. I think maybe it was a week, and then we were home for two weeks, and then go for a week. For and... Two weeks, but those were different days because those those that was when books were were a big deal. And I remember we had one release of a new book, and we were we we went to twenty four cities, and that was back in the time when almost every major city had a morning show that was local. And I mean, it's kind of like we have good things, Utah here in Utah that, that's still going, but most of them don't exist anymore. They're, I mean, you'd be in Sacramento and you'd the first thing in the morning, you'd get up in your hotel and you'd the driver would take you right to good morning, Sacramento or whatever it was. And, and, a, and a little side note there, uh, a cherished story is that we did good morning San Francisco one day, got back to the hotel and there was a call waiting for us. And it was the president of Random House who wanted to buy our book just based on you must have been really good that day, honey. You said something so powerful that she wanted to buy our book from Deseret Book, a local publisher, and they ended up doing it. And that's what started our publishing career on a national basis with random houses that this 
this president of Random House who lived in New York happened to be in San Francisco, happened to turn on the TV, happened to see our interview, was looking for a parenting book and called and, and bought it on the spot. I mean, that was quite an amazing, what would you call it? Serendipity. Oh my goodness. I'd call it a miracle because I think it was both books and they bought it from Desert Book. Oh, I and think it was. Yeah. Teaching joy and teaching responsibility. You're right. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. And I remember as time went on after we did values, uh, we I had had a car accident with the kids on the 4th of July. And so I was in a cast. I broke my ankle and I was in a cast and I had a brand new baby. The baby was in the accident, totally unharmed. But I had the baby and walked in on the set with this. And some one of the assistants were delighted to hold the baby while I went in. But it was crazy. What were we thinking? That was I mean, I guess it was on and they, we couldn't change it. So we were, were just being we were just being real, right? And remember the right. time the remember the time the couch fell off of the set? Oh, at CNN. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just before we went on, I thought I said, Rick, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. This is a big deal. And and he said, No, don't worry. Nothing could happen that you know you can't take care of. So we get on there and it's on this little tiny stage, a little couch, and Rick leaned back and the back of the couch fell off of the little platform and it was live it was, it live, was live tv yeah so we just pretended like nothing happened i don't know how many people saw that but that did we lift the, the couch back up or did we just oh, go no, I we, think just, we just went we up and sat on some chairs but i, I sure bet had long ratings <laughs> yeah anyway lots of amazing experiences we haven't thought of this for years this is kind of fun going down memory lane so if you were to, if I were to ask you, Linda, I mean, again, you know, we're not teaching anything today. We're just having memory lane. But, you know, we went on probably a dozen of those long book tours and we did everything from little radio stations that operated out of some house somewhere all the way to major shows like Oprah and Donahue and the Today Show and Good Morning. By the way, it was Good Morning America, not the Today Show that we were doing the regular thing on yeah I think so in the plaza to correct myself but uh if you were to look back on all those and they would number hundreds do you have anything that stands out or was sort of your favorite or was a time when you thought you know this is really we should be grateful for this this is rare oh I was grateful every time but of course the Oprah show was the was the highlight because we had been giving They'd been giving us like three minutes, five minutes, two minutes sometimes, or maybe, a, you know, a half an hour talk show. But um, all of a sudden, somebody called dinner one night from and said, this is the Oprah office. We want to do a show on teaching your children values. And I, you answered the phone, I guess, like, who is this really? It's, yeah, this really is the Oprah Which show. of our practical joker friends is calling. right. right. But um, that was amazing. What a woman. We so appreciate her. And, you know, it was just a moment in time. It's not anything that we did. It's just one of those serendipity things that just happened. Because in England, like a 12-year-old had taken a little four-year-old in a department store and taken him out and killed him. And it was an international news. And 
Oprah's like, where are our values? Oh my gosh, look and see what's up on values right now. And their team uh, looked and found that our book had just hit number one. And no, 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 because she, that's the reason we went on that show. Then it became number one, but it was, had just come out brand new. And so it just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I think we could go on forever, but I, I want to, for my wrap up today, Linda, I want to say that I think the one thing I've learned through those years and years, decades, really, of of doing media about families, I think what I've learned is that if there's one, and, and this is an interesting time to say this, here we sit on a day when when Israel's at war and Ukraine's at war and we don't have a speaker yet in the house and we can't, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been more worried about the world and about our country and about sort of everything, including everything from climate change to, to, you know, screen time with kids. I mean, we're just, we are fraught with as parents and grandparents with, a boatload of worries that probably parents have never had before, although they may have had some we didn't. But but what I think I I learned from all those times, and we didn't even get into the international part. A lot of our touring with books was in Asia and in Europe. And and I I I'm here to testify and to to say that with all the differences that the world has and all the things that divide us and all the things that cause conflict and so on, the, the, the thing we believe, and you can enhance this or say it better than I can, Linda, but parents are the same everywhere. Parents are the same in terms of their love for their children, their hopes and dreams for their children, right their desire to do their best for their children. And it doesn't matter if you're in a Muslim country or if you're with a bunch of atheists or if you're with Hindus in India. The, the, the commonality, I think the greatest single commonality among human beings in terms of emotions is what constant, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> chokes me up a little bit. It's what constitutes a parent's love for children. That is universal. It absolutely is. We spent so much time in the Muslim world, in the Buddhist world, in places that we would never have gone otherwise on speaking assignments about family. And honestly, we have such a love for every nationality and every book, whether it's Taiwan or China, Shanghai or Sydney, Australia. It is absolutely astonishing. This is the thing. This is the common thread that holds us all together. And when you're talking about children with another set of parents, all the differences meld away and you find, wow, I'm just like you. you you're just like me. We think alike about our our children. And honey, if anything's going to save the world, that's what it is. If we, if we focus on our children as nations, as well as in our individual homes, we will, we will find the right direction. Well said. And thank you so much for joining us today. I hope it's given you some things to think about how important your own family is and what you're doing with your own children. That's where the rubber meets the road. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. 